Hello and welcome to another episode of the Tabletop for Two podcast. I'm Brad Van Vutt. I'm Emily Van Vutt. So we're back. We took a week off because uh, we were getting our office slash recording studio slash other child's bedroom together. Other last child? Weekend. Other um, child. Child. Singular child. I was going to say, we, I know we have a fur baby, but you know, <laughs> last I checked, I'm not pregnant. No. <laughs> so, yeah, so we took the week off that because frankly we didn't get to do a lot of gaming. But, uh, well, um, yeah, that too. <laughs> but, uh, but we have this nice new space now, which uh, I'm pretty happy with. Oh, I'm sure you are. It's like of, your so. little haven. I yeah. wish I had my own haven. So, but uh, yeah, so like I said, we're digging the space. We have pictures up on uh, Twitter and Facebook, if you were curious to check it out now, um, which you can follow us at Tabletop for Two, intention, unintentional segue there, <laughs> and also on Instagram. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the show, iTunes, Google Play Music, or any other podcatcher that you use. I will say we've been really terrible about pictures lately, though. Yes, we have. We need to we need to get on the horse again there. Yes. Um, BGD Guild, if you're on Board Game Geek, you can look for a guild number 2623 and find us there. And again, we're always soliciting new show topics from you guys, so if there's anything you'd like to hear us talk about... In the two-player board gaming world, certainly drops a line, and we will definitely consider it. Um, well, we had a lot more time this week to play to play some stuff, mm-hmm. and the first thing that we... Well, that, and actually, we've scheduled, we're trying to schedule, especially new games, we're trying to actually make sure that we schedule well, this one, time for this. This one we had to schedule, because this one was a, was a pretty big beast. We're talking about uh, War of the Ring. <laughs> The uh, the long time uh, been around for a few years game from Ares Games um, that of course kind of simulates the journey of the Fellowship of the Ring through the Lord of the Rings universe. This is what we had for a little bit, and it's just been finding trying to find the time to get it to the mm-hmm. table because it's a big, sprawling, epic game, um, but one that's specifically designed for two players. So, in fact, Brad actually set this up the night before we played since mm-hmm. we have our nice table. Yeah, I was actually because we we talked about Star Wars Rebellion on this show before, and Em, I know you didn't really care for that no. too terribly much. I mean, I love everything Star Wars, but it just like it didn't jive with me for whatever reason. I was uh, I was worried because this if if there's any game that War of the Ring reminds me of, it is Star Wars Rebellion, just in terms of how it plays and. Yeah, but see, I didn't feel like that. Like I like this maybe. Because I was more invested in the subject matter, mm-hmm. because you know how big a fan I am. But, yeah, I had a lot more fun playing this one. And this is, um, so the premise of the game, it's a big epic war game. One side is playing as the shadow forces, and then the other side is playing as the free people's army. And the free people's army is primarily trying to get the Fellowship of the Ring to Mordor, march them up Mount Doom. It's Mount Doom, right? Yes. Okay. March them on Mount Doom. And, uh, I know. You're not as dorky as me. No. And toss At least the when ring it comes in. to this stuff, I should say. Uh, whereas the shadow player is trying to either corrupt the fellowship fully um, by making them use the ring too often or to uh, to take over too many free people's strongholds that even if the ring is destroyed, Sauron will still be able to rule the land. Um, the free people can also win by taking over a number of... Sauron strongholds as well, but that's much easier said than done mm-hmm. in this game because the the shadow player has a huge military advantage in this game. Right from the start, they have way more military units. 
Um, it's easier for them to recruit new units to the board. Yeah, and my people don't die. Well, sorry, I was the shadow people. Brad was the free people. Mm-hmm. I always tend to be the bad guy in these games. Um, and my guys, like where Brad's guys, when they die, they die. Yeah. They don't come back. Mine went back in the box, and I could recruit them later if I needed to. Yeah. And the the premise, the way the game basically works is it is a dice um, action selection game. So each player has a certain number of dice. Um, the shadow player can commit a number of those before each round to hunting for the ring. Uh, but then each player is going to roll the dice, and they're going to alternate taking actions using the dice. And the actions that you can do are pretty standard fare for games of this type. Um, of course, there's actions you can use to you know recruit reinforcements for your army, to move your armies around the board, to launch attacks against your opponents. There's a character action for each uh, faction. Mm-hmm. I had the... Well, there's the event card. Did you have one for that to draw an, an event card? Something like that. That's that's the other big thing that the that drives the game forward is um, a lot of card play. Uh, very very like a card driven event game, um, where you have these different event cards that can either be used for a event effect or a combat tactic effect. That was depending the one, on you play them. Well, that's the one thing that got me a little bit is some of the wordage on some of the cards mm. confused me. Just because the way when I and and a lot of times like with stuff like that, if I read it out loud to myself, sometimes it'll help. And I'm, <laughs> it's really hard when you're trying to play a game against someone. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to whisper it to myself, and I'm just like, okay, this makes no sense. Yeah. Well, and the, and the cards are the tricky part too because they have so much information. They really and do. Even though you can only hold six of them, it's still it's still a lot to tear through. Um, the other thing that the free people can do is they can use their character dice to kind of move the fellowship along in secret. and But whenever that happens, the shadow army can search for the ring. They can try to hunt for it, which becomes easier to do the more times the free people move the fellowship each round, essentially. so And also depending on how many dice the shadow player committed to the hunt. Um, the downside of getting caught is that you might have to take corruption as the free people player, and you also become could come, become revealed to the shadow forces, which means they can't move until they're hidden again, which basically you have to waste an action in order to do. Um, the other thing that makes the game really unique is they have characters in the game um, that can be brought in through various game circumstances, and those mm-hmm. characters tend to have very powerful abilities. And all the Fellowship characters... Um, Start in the fellowship when the game begins, and you can actually split them off from the fellowship if you want to, or murder them, or or, or sacrifice them to keep the murder. to keep the uh, ring bearers from taking Murderer. corruption. <laughs> hey, they were I, I had some meat shields going on there. It was it was a good deal. It helped me win because um, I was actually able Barely. to win by sneaking into Mordor. Barely. Well, and that's and that's as the free people player, I found it was interesting because you have to kind of really play a risk reward game. Well, and that was the thing. Like, with me, I didn't realize, I had this being our first play, mm-hmm. I didn't realize I need to start kicking booty so soon. Yeah, the the shadow player really does have to press their military advantage um, because they're going to be way more likely to win from taking over strongholds. Mm-hmm. And I did really enjoy the mechanic with that, too, because when you attack another army, 
Um, you're basically it's, it takes place like most battles do in these games, where it's just you know one on one. You roll dice equal to the number of figures you have. It's actually pretty simple. Um, but it's cool because when you're defending a stronghold, you can actually retreat into that stronghold and basically create a siege, which makes it much more difficult for the attacking player to wrestle you out. But the downside is that you as the defending player can't, don't have the opportunity to get reinforcements. So it's really just, especially as the free people player, you're kind of just holding off the forces at bay long enough in order to... To keep things from and, and getting hoping taken that your over. opponent doesn't have a card to play to help them out a little bit more, right? Or or you can just buy time and send another army across the map to try to help, right? To try to get those Which guys out of there. Did. Yeah, so it, it's it was a really interesting game. Um, you liked it, I think, a lot more than you like Star Wars Rebellion. I did. I I quite enjoyed myself playing this game. It honestly did not feel like the almost three hours that it was. I think. Yeah, the time really did kind of roll by. Pretty fast, and, in this and that one. was on the high end only because we're this is our first playthrough. We're mm-hmm. fumbling, bumbling a little bit, just trying to figure out, you know, the best course of things. And I will say the the one thing that really did annoy me about the game, though, is that each of the each player has a number of different armies from different nations in the game, and <laughs> they're not marked very well. No, they're not marked well at all because they have. They have different sculpts for each army, and having them being differentiated matters very much in the context of the game. But it's also very hard to tell, especially on the free people side, it's very hard to tell oh some God, of the different ones had, apart. Because you have so many. It was just, I mean, now, me being me, I could tell who your people were based mm. on like what was on their shields, because I'm a dork. But, <laughs> you know, it's really sad. He's like, honey, he goes, who is that? I said, um, um, that's Gondor. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's Rohan. <laughs> it's just like, oh, Lord. I, I just wish they had done something to easier differentiate Well, them. I thought about that. So mm-hmm. I was thinking about that. Maybe we just get, like, some spray paint and we spray paint the figures, the colors of, like, their starting areas. Well, I've seen a lot of people um, just paint the bases of the characters, the color that correspond to it. And that works pretty well, too. Okay, well, I'm probably going to be the one doing it, so I'm trying to make less work for myself. Well, you could just get miniatures paint and just and, and paint it that way. So. so I guess that's a project for Mama. Maybe later on down the road. We wanted to see if we liked the first before we dove into that, but I this really is pretty did, good. I did like it. You know what I mean? It was It's one of those ones. It, we're not going to get it to the table often, but mm-hmm. when we do, we're going to enjoy ourselves. Well, this is one that we'll play at probably the same frequency that we play like Twilight Struggle, basically, because you <laughs> need that amount of time. But this will right. be a good a good change of pace from the, you know, t- Twilight Struggle, I think, is a very strategic game. Mm-hmm. And I like this one because it's a very tactical game. Yes. But like I said, you need a lot of time. Well, it's very much tactical. But mm-hmm. like I said, whatever reason, Rebellion just didn't sit well with me. This one did. Well, that's uh, that's War of the Ring. Um, if you were looking for like an epic war experience that works great with two players, then I would definitely consider checking it out. I think you can find it for a reasonable price. Yeah. Um, it's not it's not like crazy hard to find or anything like that for sure. Um, next on the list is Pillars of the Earth. We actually um, a while back played the two player builders duel. Mm-hmm. We're not too big of fans of it. I think we liked it, but it never made it back to the tables. One of those right. ones that we just never felt compelled to play again. Now this one, I loved, which I'm shocked at because for me it was very. I, I liked it, but it's a game that is is very much no frills. Like it kind of I don't want to say shows its age a little bit because it is like a ten year old game. Mm-hmm. But you can definitely tell it came from a time where work. But maybe that's why was. I like it so much. It's so 
just concise to the point. Mm-hmm. Bam, here it is. Yeah, this this is um, it's got some worker placement. It's got some card drafting uh-huh. as well, which is uh, it it, it it's a very interesting game because you have a bunch of workers and. Every round of the six rounds that are in the game, there's going to be these cards that come along um, a draft row, which are either going to get you different people that can help you in your in your little, you know, whatever, or different resources. That's the only way. That's the main way to get resources is to collect them from these fields. And you have to decide where you want to commit your workers because the, each resource field takes a significant number of workers for the most part to get. Right. To get resources. And then... Unless you end up going first and get the cheapy cards. Yeah. And then the other cool thing that gets done is um, once you get past that phase, each player has a couple of builder pawns. And essentially, they get drawn... They get thrown into a bag. And you draw them out one at a time to determine where you're going to place the worker pawns on the main board, which which is where the main actions kind of take place. Mm -hmm. But the placement is, is expensive to start. And cheaper as you go down. So when your pawn gets drawn out of the bag, you can say, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll pay a lot of money to get the spot that I want, or I'll pass. You have to wait for everyone's pawn to be drawn out of the bag first before you get to come around and place that worker. You will get to place it, but you do have to pony up usually a significant amount of money if you want to make sure that there's a specific spot that you get. Now, I think in a two-player game, that is one of the weaker aspects because there's not nearly as much competition Mm-mm. for the different spaces or for getting cuz also in the in the higher player count games every each player still has three pawns in the bag but they don't not every pawn is going to be drawn out in a three and four player game because there's only seven of these bid spots essentially right so in the two player game you know all three of your pawns are going to make it on the board eventually so there's not that impetus mm-hmm. to to buy heavily into those other spaces so that part was a little weak um, after that, you're going to perform the actions and generally use the cards that you've acquired well, to and trade resources for like victory I said, points. I don't know if it was just because it was two of us, but mm-hmm. the market did not get used no, hardly it, at all. And, again, and I don't think that it felt the need to because we were able to get the resources that we wanted. Right, and again, higher player account game, I think you see that happen a lot more frequently right, because right, there's right, certain right. I think resources that you suffered a little bit to. because it was just the two of us. So it So it takes a game that I think would be very almost very cutthroat in a lot of ways very you know highly you know much high stra- you know high strategy and kind of deadens it a little bit yeah. and maybe that's why I was a little lukewarm on it because I felt like man if we were playing with three players this game would probably be a lot a lot more fun well then do you want to even keep it around to be like a seven wonders where we only play where we have at least three people I don't know because there's other worker placement games that I'd rather play right once well, I said if you Look, this is this is why we talk about these things. <laughs> we just had a mass exodus. Oh, Lord, you guys should have been here for that. I said, honey, I texted him. I was at work, and I said, you make a list, I'll make a list, and we'll compare and see what happens as far as getting rid of games out of the collection. Most of them we were pretty on point with. But like I said, this is why mm. we talk about these things. So if you want to get rid of it, let's get rid of it. I mean, I'm, I don't know. It's I'd have space to, I'd have is to, at a premium around here. I'd have to think about it. Like I said, it is it is a game I think benefits more from higher player counts. And 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 but how for, often are we going to have those higher player counts? Well, that's that's always the thing. That's always <laughs> the thing. And for you guys listening, like if you primarily play two players, I would definitely 
not recommend seeking no. this out now, especially because um, it's still very hard to find and very expensive. I think there's a. I remember we get hearing it in trade. we did get it in trade. I remember hearing there's a reprint coming soon for it. Um, so I guess maybe check it out when that happens. Right. But I can't say that I recommend it with two in general. Um, just because, like I said, I think I think the game's much better when you get to three and four, which is probably why they made a two player specific version, right? <laughs> which, which which also it, didn't jive. It so. just didn't jive well. I didn't I didn't like it. I. I almost like I didn't get it. You know what I mean? Like mm. you were kind of cruising along and I'm just like, I feel like I am just don't know what's going on. Yeah. Well, that was Pillars of the Earth. Um, like I said, solid little worker placement game, but just not one that I think works well with two. Um, another game that I guess didn't really work too well with two that we played today. <laughs> I thought this would be a slam dunk for Emily. I thought for sure that with the theme and the lightheartedness and the fact that there was a race involved that this would be a no-brainer. Just because pirates doesn't mean I'm going to like it. We are talking about uh, Jamaica from from Bruno Cathala and Gameworks Publishing. Like I said, this is a real light um, pirate racing game where you are trying to race around the track, uh, try to get as much treasure as you can, fight off the other pirates. <laughs> so I think the get fun- the balloons. No, I think the funny thing about this was. After we finished the game and before we even totaled up points, you looked across the table at me and saw the look on my face and were like, really? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, really. Yeah, you and, and see, I just, I wonder if it was just the particular play, because the particular play that we had had me getting almost every treasure space the in the game, and M really didn't get anything. I think you may, you picked up like a cursed treasure that you ended of up course, offloading. Yeah, I, the one treasure I did pick up was cursed. All right, which you ended up offloading too. The other player. No. No, you can't keep no, it. No, it's not I very ate good. That. I ate that. <laughs> um, with two players in this game, there is a a third ship on the board who basically just exists as another foil. Yeah, the only thing that I could do this whole game was keep making the ghost ship attack Brad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I actually ended up working really well in my favor because I think I won. Most of the battles against uh, against the ghost ship. Ghost ship. I, I like the I like the mechanic in this game. Each each turn, the player who's the captain um, rolls these two dice and assigns them to a morning and evening slot, and then each player will play a card out of their hand with a morning action and an evening action. And depending, I do love the art. Oh, the art was very. The cool. art was great. Yeah, um, depending on which card you play and the strength of the die determines like how powerful the action is. It's essentially the action is either gathering resources or moving. Mm-hmm. Forward or backward on the on the map that's on the board. I thought it was neat. I knew I could feel that you weren't enjoying it. I asked you, was it just that one play of Jamaica, or was no. it just the game itself I think that it's wasn't just the game itself? And that's fair. That's, that's like I said. Fair. I think we've gotten to a point now where theme isn't enough for me anymore mm-hmm. for some games, and it just felt too. Um, kitty pool for me, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. That's totally fair. Um, and we do have other games that have that race mechanic in it that are much more up our alley. Like automobiles. Like automobiles, if we're going to play a game that takes 45 minutes, that's a race game. So yeah, Jamaica Jamaica was a big swing and a miss for us. Um, Although it does, I, I did, you know, even with having the ghost player, I think it still did well with two. I thought it did all right. Um... I feel like you really do need to manipulate the ghost ship in your favor mm-hmm. to make it work with two. I was trying. You were trying. You, you did give it the try. I failed miserably. <laughs> the problem was every time I turned around and it's my turn, I never had movement cards in my hand. 
And then if I do have a movement card, it was always it was never a good movement card. Well, and the other <laughs> thing too that you point out that that is also a fair critique of the game is that it is very very luck dependent. Like the battles. Oh, that yes, that was my biggest. That was the crux of it. Is that if you don't get the card draws, you don't get the die rolls. Mm-hmm. You're screwed. Yeah, the luck factor definitely very high in this game. Um, you need to because most of the battling is done with dice. Like there's some ways that you can influence that, but at the end of the day, you are rolling a die, and high die roll is going to win. And there's also an insta win side on the die as well. Mm-hmm. That if you happen to roll that, then you don't even have to worry about it. So right. I get where you're coming from with that. Um, so yeah, just not not a hit for us. And this guy withheld two pieces of information from me in this game that he brought out at certain times. Was like, oh no, you can't do that. I'm like, you didn't tell me that when we started. Oops, I forgot. My apologies to you. <laughs> Um, well, last on this list is one we also played today, and that is Broom Service. I was actually very excited for this game because, you know, witches. Who doesn't love witches? You were excited for this. You had actually been bugging me for this one for a while. I have. This is another one from our old friend Alex Fister, who we uh, notably on the show kept swinging and missing on his games until we found... Uh, Great Western Trail, which yes, is one of our absolute favorites now. Fantastic. Um, this was kind of the one that put him on the map, if I'm not mistaken, though. Because mm-hmm. he put this out. This won the Kenner Spiel de Jahres in 2014, I want to say. I thought it said 15 on It the might box. be 15. I could be completely off base with that. That's right. It was 15 because he also won that same award in 2016 as well okay. with with a game that we did not care for, which was, was uh, that? Which was Isle Sky. Oh, yeah. Which was that auction. Because it just didn't, the auction thing didn't work with us. Um, Broom Service is a very, very interesting game. And I wasn't, I wasn't sure, I I knew a little bit about it before we acquired it. You were very, very skeptical about this one. Well, I was, I was skeptical about it because of how it would work with two player, because of the nature of the game. Um, they describe it as a trick-taking mechanic. I kind of see where they're coming from. I actually liken it. Kind of, sort of. Well, you know what I liken it to? I liken it more to a higher stakes version of the card play in Glass Road. Okay. That I can that I can get down with. So in this game, um, you, each player has, the, has an identical hand of ten different types of witches, basically. And each round, you're trying to move these witches around the game, this game board and claim... These different towers deliver potions to them, oh, which is going to be worth colors. of specific colors, which are worth victory points. Mm-hmm. You're also trying to clear these dark clouds up from the sky, which will get you victory points at the end of the game. You're also trying to collect a eclectic set of resources um, so that you can have score victory points for those at the end of the game as well. Mm-hmm. So each round, each player is going to select four of their ten witch cards that are in their hand secretly. And those are the cards you're going to play that round. You're trying to select cards that you think other players aren't going to have, but are also going to be useful for you. And then also, there's a certain number of bewitched cards that are on the side of the table that you have to maybe not include, because if you play any of those cards during the round, you have to suffer a victory point penalty as well. So whoever turn it is to lead um, plays a card out of their hand. Each card has a brave option and a, a coward option. option. Yes. <laughs> if you take the coward option, that's the safe way to go, because you automatically get to perform a lesser version of the action that the card allows you to do, or you can risk it and say, you know, I'm going to play, I'm going to use the brave action on the card. But then any other, the it goes around to each player on the table. If they have the same card, they also have to play it as well. And if you played, if you said, hey, I'm going to use the brave version of this, 
And then M has that card in her hand as well. She could say, well, I'm going to use the brave version of this. And then if no one else can can supersede her with that card, she'll get to do the brave version and I'll get to do nothing. So you basically have to decide, all right, I'm either going to do a very safe but weakened version of this action and guarantee that I get to do it, or I'm going to press my luck and see if I can do a really good version of this action, but I also know that I might not get to do it at all. And it's whoever the last person to claim the brave action is the one that gets to actually execute the brave version. So in a two-player game, you're really kind of staring across the table and saying, all right, what's my opponent going to do, and is it worth it? Because if you go coward and and they have the card, they get automatically get a free brave. And herein lies the problem when you know people too well like Mm -hmm. we do. You can calculate their moves, and it's just not cool. Well, that's a a plus, I think, though. It definitely helps the... um, you know, the guessing game nature, which is very cool. And the actual execution of the actions is pretty vanilla for the most part. Like, there's not much to it. It really well, just see, move here and do this. And here and, was my problem because not knowing what to do, I mean, I'm going balls to the wall. Mm. And I'm just like, oh, I'm going to do the brave action. And then this guy across from me has the same card. And I'm like, son of a bee. Yeah, the, fir- the first uh, the first couple rounds, you didn't get to do much because you kept going brave, brave, brave. And then I was like, well, I've, I've, I've got the- <laughs> this card too. So, so then I said, screw it. But, of course, by then it's too late. Mm-hmm. But I still feel I did all right. Yeah, I mean, and you whooped me by like thirty points, but still, I did okay. I did, and like I said, you were getting angry towards I, the end of the game, which is usually a solid, <laughs> solid sign, as, as we've talked about before on the show. Yes, he thinks it. Well, yes, but there are different kinds of angry because you tell me there's my PO'd angry, and then there's just my I don't want to play anymore angry, mm-hmm. and the I don't want to play anymore angry is the bad one. Well, you were kind of wavering between the two. I wasn't sure. Like, I literally asked you when we had a couple rounds, like, hey, do you want to finish this? Because it really did seem like that you were the I don't want to play anymore angry. But what did I say? I said, you cheating son of a bitch. Yeah, and that, and that, and that, I was like, okay, she's that, she's that kind of angry, and then that's fine. Um, the, oh, the game also funny. comes with, um, some modular, like, small expansions, or uh, they call them variants. Um, that we did not explore, and I'd imagine that would add a little bit more complexity to the okay. game because, as it was, well, because I noticed on the board, like one of the places that I delivered to, there was actually I could see like a hex tile set into the board, so I'm mm-hmm. assuming there's something to do with that. Yes, and there's also other cloud tiles that are available and and things of that. That nature was my as problem well. too. I didn't get enough cloud tiles because the cloud tiles have the lightning bolts on them, and there's a little track. Mm-hmm. The more lightning bolts you collect, you get exponentially more points depending on how many you have. Correct. And you also had a tough time procuring resources, too, because you were basically playing bare bones for most of the game. Well, yeah, because you kept stealing my stuff. I did. Kept going too brave. It's it's an interesting mechanic, and it, it works surprisingly... I think next time I'll be better prepared. I think you will, too. and and I it, did like it, though. Like, it was fun. It worked much better with two than it I was, anticipated that it would. It did. I, I, w- I really wasn't... I really thought I was going to think that it was weak sauce. And again, it probably well, is a little bit better when you have to make those decisions. Like, the board doesn't, like, when you look at the board, it's not very big. We didn't cover a whole lot of that board. We really didn't. No, yeah, you'd think you'd be able to get across around really like, easy. It's a very tiny, I would say, what, like a one foot by two foot board? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you would think you'd be able to cover quite a bit of area, but we didn't cover even half of it, maybe. Yeah. 
Also true. So, <laughs> well, I mean, but the board is also designed to play up to five players. So right. I, I would assume two player game won't cover God, that. God, I can't space. imagine playing that with five people. Oh, it'd be excellent. Are you kidding me? Having to like stare down the barrel of that gun. Now, in a five player game, there's no bewitch cards though, so that's that one. Yeah, but how many other people are going to be like, oh, suck it, I have the brave card, and then well, you're like, the... oh, wait, you suck. Bam. Well, that's the fun of it. So that's that's where that's at. That, it, that would be quite hilarious, actually. But yeah, broom service, um, better better than I thought with two. Be curious to play with more, but it works with two. And like I said, I'll I'll be happy to play it again. Well, and this is one I feel like we could play with our non gamer friends as well. Yeah, I'd you know, agree. I think they would pick it up. This week we're doing another designer spotlight as our main topic. Has been a little bit since we've done this, Um, and this is where we take one designer and we look at all the games that we've played of that designer. We've played more than that, haven't we? No, that's really it. That's honestly it. Yeah, of of his games that we played. More than that. No, we, t- we take a look at one designer um, and talk about how their games are from a two-player point of view. And this week we are going with the incomparable Vlada Shivato, <laughs> Um designer of... So, so the thing that I love about Vlada Shivatel is that one of the questions I have on here are what common themes and mechanics do you see in the designer's games? Um, none. Yeah, like 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 Vlada's <laughs> like, games are so widely different. All of the stuff on this list is wildly different that we've played, I feel. Yes. Um so we have four games of Vlada's that we've played. We've actually owned more, but we haven't we didn't get a chance to play some of them because they were just too So What did we own that we didn't we play? We owned Space Alert, never got around to that. I thought we did play that. We never did no, play that. No, we played that. Captain is Dead. Play Captain is Dead. I wish we'd played Space Alert. Um and we also own Dungeon Lords, which we never got around to playing as well. Just mm-hmm. never hit the table. Uh, first one on the list here. Do you know they're doing a Disney one? I do. I know they're doing a Disney one. Um, and is it terrible? I kind of want to get the one from Target. Uh, yes, it is terrible. I don't want that one at all. <laughs> um, so the games we played... Of, it would be fun with our friends. I don't think so. Um, the games that we played of a lot of Shabbatles, Uh We played Codenames, which is the game that Emma was alluding to in the first place. However, with Codenames, but there could is... could we please get the Disney one if you want? Let me get the adult one. Well, we should get Codenames Duet when that comes out. That is a specific two-player the version. Isn't there one with There's pictures? pictures one as well. We'll see. We're not talking about that right now. We've okay, played Codenames. Anyway. Um, Galaxy Trucker. Personal favorite of mine mm-hmm. that you tried to take away from me. Because um, <laughs> we never play it. You play. We play the freaking app. Nah, I love the Galaxy Trucker. <laughs> um, then let's get it to the table. Tash Kalar. Which and, we love. Which we love. And Through the Ages, A New Story My of Civilization fave. is the one that we have, not My the old version. My fave game when I said to Brad, oh, that's a heavy game. And he's like, are you kidding me? Yeah, that's so when I, so I knew you were really ingratiated with the uh, with the heavy side <laughs> of the board game hobby. If, that, if you if you were undaunted by Through the Ages, then I knew I that was. you were that you're good to go. Um, it was great. But yeah, so so four games, wildly different in play style, wildly different in theme, wildly different in audience, depth, I would think, audience, too. everything. But yet, all from the same designer, which is kind of an anomaly in in the industry when you look at it. Because like we did. Um, uh, Vitalis Serda the last time we did this mm-hmm. and all of his games while they are different you can definitely see a lot of underlying themes a lot of underlying similarities right. to them that's how most designers are Lodge not that designer at all no. I feel I feel like every time he's done designing a game he's well, like I want to do something completely different and like even with code names like I know several of our friends have purchased code names 
Mm. You know, for when they do family game nights and stuff like that, because they liked it so much when they played with us. Absolutely. So, you know, I mean, that's one that just kind of speaks to everybody. Now, the two-player part of it um, is interesting because it very because much like his games are very different from game to game, the two-player experience is very wildly um, with his games. Codenames is first, and I'd say of the ones we've listed, easily that is the worst two-player experience of We've all we've only these. done it once right well it, it doesn't yeah. even, it doesn't even work as a game really yeah. it's more of a practice session for playing the game right. with a group of people essentially where like i said i really enjoy playing this with brandon and row we had yeah. so much fun with those two but yeah, two-player code names instead of you know two teams competing against one another with a guesser and a guessee trying mm-hmm. to guess correct answers you have one person laying out the clues and one person guessing the clues and you're just trying to get them in as many, in as few moves and, as possible. And if you're playing with another couple, you can see how well they know one another and each other's likes and dislikes because right. Brad and I are on point with some of this stuff. Right, but it's just a practice run, and we've done it a couple times, and it just didn't have the... That's that's not why Codenames is fun. Codenames is fun with the competition. Codenames has been reserved to our party game shelf because, yes. you know... Yeah, we have we have a group gathering shelf in the closet. Games we will not play with with except for within a group. Yes, whether they support two players or not. Right. And Codenames definitely stalwart I mean, there. Honestly, on this list, my 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 personal favorite to play with you on this list is Tash Collar. Well, that's that's a game that is designed <laughs> for two players. That and and that's that, it's funny because that's the game that is literally the polar opposite of Codenames, where it has a three four player mode in the game. But that's not why you play Tash Galar. You play Tash Galar to play it with two players to right. have that objective-driven gameplay. And it's there's there's no game in our collection that's quite like Tash Galar at all. No, I love love this game. It's so well. It's, it's an abstract game, really. When well, you like, when you when boil I it down, play it, I'm like, it's so fulfilling. Like when I actually do finally get and my favorite thing is when I accidentally click complete an objective, mm-hmm. and I'm like. I got that one. But you, but you like like you like Tash Kalar for the same reason I feel like that you like Othello. Like when when I met you, you used, you used to love Othello. But oh it's the my same. God. It's I the same so kind much of thing. Othello with my dad growing up. It was not even funny. But it's the same kind of kind of thing where you're trying to make those patterns. And well, but to now we have out. Yinch too, which it scratches my Othello itch a little right, bit right, too. Right, right. But I'm saying, but that's I'm saying that that's what I think what drew you in in the first place, and yes. then having the objectives and. Playing the summon cards with their special effects, like Tashkalar is and having that screw you yeah. aspect. Yes. Yeah, and and if we were if we were going on this list and we were saying, hey, there's one game if you if you play with two players primarily that you should get Tashkalar is probably the game. Mm-hmm. Um, Through the ages is what I would say is cl- probably close second with that one. Yes, but only if you're an experienced gamer. Also true. <laughs> I love through this the ages. Game, while I, I mean, while I don't, I mean, Brad tells me it's a heavy game. I just love the whole experience of this game. Well, and you it's know? and it works. It works great with two because the game does scale the what cards are available based on the player count for the game, mm-hmm. which is which is the right thing to do. And the gameplay is very similar. The only thing you miss out on having two players is having like packs with other. With other nations and stuff like that, or other civilizations, which you can do in the multiplayer games, not oh, in the two-player game. Well, right, because we never played it with anything but but ourselves. 
Still works fantastic with two, though. I mean, this was this was in our top twenty when we did mm-hmm. when we did that list, and and high up in the top twenty as well, for that matter. It's one of those ones. I'm like, oh, honey, let's play through the ages. Like, we don't have enough time for that. Why not? <laughs> yeah, because you forget it takes it takes two and a half three it, hours because it doesn't feel like that. Like right. it, I love the game so much. It does not feel like it takes two and a half hours to play. Uh, it's but it's but it's fantastic. But yeah, like you said, definitely heavier side of the pool. Um, I'd be I I really do want to play this with three players one day just to see the vibe that that one has. Never with four players. It would take forever. <laughs> it would take forever. I would never I would never play this game with four players. But uh but it works great with two. Right. Um not as well as Tashklar does with two. Mm-hmm. But I think it's still a great game with two players regardless of that. Well, Galaxy Trucker, so what I love about this one is the puzzly aspect of it mm-hmm. because you have to build your ship and I love sitting there oh my god you know and it's like a little frantic little thing to get the best ship together the first time I played my ship was just not good we don't play this one enough I, but I, I get we it should... I get it and we we have played you know a couple times I'm just like okay I get a little more each time I get a little better yeah maybe I need to start playing the app so I can maybe shark you one of these days maybe I mean we we don't play this one often and we talked earlier in the why, show. Though. I don't know why either. Just like, never you gets. You tell me how it never much gets you love it, and I'm like, well, why don't you suggest it? Well, again, it, it fits the same niche that a lot of his games, that all of his games fill. It seems like so far is that we don't have anything in our collection that's that's like it. You know what I mean? Like that. And that that's that is one common thread that we have well, on this maybe, list with his games. Maybe now since we've gone through and we've pared down the collection, mm-hmm. maybe now we can start getting to some of our more you know you know, our favorites that we don't get to play as often as we would like. Maybe we can get to them a little more now. Yeah, perhaps. Perhaps so. Be a Galaxy yes, Trucker. Let's make just... it a point. Okay, let's make it a point to get this in the next two weeks. To That's the table. fair. Be a Galaxy Trucker listed great just because the the Frantic gameplay of building I the ship, it. finding the tiles, um, the hilarity of watching your own ship get blown to bits <laughs> as you go through the different like action like, cards that I are in the game. You. I'm like, Sigh. it's very frustrating, but it's very but funny. but funny because you don't care because no. like in the next round you're gonna build another ship right, anyway, right? Right. <laughs> and that's probably gonna get hit with a meteor, or hijacked by pirates, or or any you know, number what of whatever. It's like I said. It's it's a it's the yeah yeah the only one on this list that I'd say no don't do it is is probably code names because mm-hmm. for for two players just because again it's not it's not designed for two players. Well, and we bought that in mind for playing with our friends. We did not buy that just for us. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. We did. We certainly did not buy it for for two players. Right. Um. And and yeah. So it's but yeah. Watch bottle stuff is so. Just so interesting how varied and how and how unique each game is. It's from amazing! One another. It all came from one brain. Right. Well, you, again, you just don't see that. A um, couple other ones that are on the list that we have not gotten to play um, that we plan on playing: Star Trek Frontiers. Which, for those who don't that know, was, I marked that on the list. Yes. Maybe this, we can get to that while we're on vacation. Yeah, that's an adventure game. Um, it is. Vlad Shavadal definitely. Technically, didn't design Star Trek Frontiers. He designed Mage Knight, which is the game that Star Trek Frontiers is directly based from. It's just a reworking and a retheming of Mage Knight, um, done by Andrew Park. So that one would be would be technically attributed to him. His name's on the box. 
I kind of want to play Space Alert. I'm kind of afraid to play Space Alert because it has your most loathed mechanic in the entire world. Oh, no. It. it does not have program movement. It does. Not program movement, but programmed actions, yes. Programmed <laughs> action selection. Um, and I don't know if that one is going to be necessary for us because I do feel like that. Didn't that, we watch the Shut Up and Sit Down guys play that? We did. Um, I feel like that, that itch gets scratched for us with Mechs vs. Minions. I think Mechs vs. Minions is a game that does that very well and to a point where you that, and I love are very accepting of it. Miniatures in that because I get to play with Dr. Robotnik riding the metal Yoshi. Dungeon Lords and Dungeon Pets. We had to, like I said, we had Dungeon Lords. Um, it didn't really click with me enough Dungeon to get it Pet to the table. Dungeon Pets sounds like a DS game for a five-year-old. You clean up poop of monsters. That's fun. So yeah, if a, I'm gonna play a, a poop game, that. I'm gonna play Wombat Rescue. Okay? That's also true. <laughs> so I don't know if either of those are gonna be, and uh, and that's pretty much. Uh, you that's really much you clean up poop. You do, yeah. You have to clean. You have to clean up after your pets. Is it like there. a Tamagotchi board game? No, no, no. <laughs> there's more going on than that. Um, I am in, I am anxious to check out Codenames um, Duet, which I believe is coming out later this year. Now this is Codenames. Specifically designed for two players. players. Yeah, specifically designed for two players. Um, It's obviously it's a little bit more tricky than regular code names is um, because it's designed for two. What is it? You have to so you do the twenty five cards like you normally do um, with the other ones, but between the two of you, you need to reveal fifteen agents without revealing. The assassin or innocent bystander. So I think each of you has. Oh, so you can't even do a bystander. No, I think what's cool is that each of you has. I think each of you are playing both sides of the table, where each of you are clue giving and clue receiving, and you have to do it that way as well. Yeah, so you have your own card basically. Oh lord. Which is interesting. I wonder if you could do that with a (laughs) with a. I don't have the brain power for that tonight because you got that look on her face like Ooh, no, 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 we're not doing it tonight. I'm saying I wonder if I wonder if, if, <laughs> I if that rule set. You have the brain I wonder if that, that rule set would work somehow with two players. I don't know. Who knows? We'll see. That could be interesting. Um, but yes, that that is a lot of Shavadal. Like I said, a very very interesting board game designer um, with some very very interesting and unique games. So definitely ones worth checking out. I Tashkalar is one that doesn't get enough love, and I can't recommend that one enough. Well, and like I know we've bought the expansion uh, factions. Yeah, I, both of them. I've played with the Frost. Is it the Frost faction? Mm-hmm. Um, I think you played with the new one last time we played. I did. I played what with both the of them. The Nether Void ones. Yes. Yeah. So those those are both interesting as well, for sure. But it's so funny because you never know what you're going to get, even if you've played with a faction before. Depending on what your opponent picks. You never know what you're gonna get. Mm-hmm. I like the um, the uh, the green ones. What's that? The elves mm-hmm. and stuff. I like those a lot. They're I think they're my favorite that I've played with. Absolutely. So so yeah, that is uh, that is it for the show this week. Um, we uh, for those that don't know, if you uh, again, we are affiliated with the TNP Studios Network. Um, if you are a fan of the network, uh, you might not know that we've had to move all of our podcasts over to a new hosting service. Uh, which happens to be the hosting service, the tabletop for two used anyway. So my life just became way easier. <laughs> um, but definitely uh, check that out. It's, it's on Podbean. So if you have the Podbean app, you can use that as well for all of our shows. 
And uh, if you are not yet on premium, it's never been easier to sign up. It's just 5 bucks a month, $50 a year. Uh, so definitely check that out as well to get all the premium content shows from TNP Studios. And, of course, and check videos out videos and whatnot. Yeah, now. You check out our YouTube channels, too, and then Apocalypse on YouTube, uh, Dense Pixels on YouTube. And you can sure follow Tabletop for two on YouTube as well because you never know when we might post uh, I something actually, new. funny enough, funny little story real quick. Uh, had a co-worker that say, hey, don't you guys do video reviews of games? I was like, we did. I was like, but then, you know, we had a baby and all that kind of went out the window. Yeah. So maybe we can get back to that one day. Perhaps. Perhaps. We're, 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 we're the, the always goal to do Let's Plays as well. That's always the one that I'd like to yes, do. Yes. What was that? You wanted to do, did you want to do Classic or did you want to do Crokinole? I want to do both. Crokinole will probably be easier to do first. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's getting it off, remembering to do it and booking out time is always the difficult part. So. Well, we do have vacation next week. We do. That's also true. So, uh, so yeah, yeah, follow all the shows. Um, and again, thank you all very, very much for listening. We will talk to and you guys again. And we appreciate again. all the feedback. Yes. Always, never, never stop giving that as well. Yep. See you guys in a couple weeks. Bye.